You're listening to our Radio Canada Home and Abroad and at Collision in Toronto, which uh, up until this time had been down in the US. Uh, it is the brainchild of Paddy Cosgrove who established the Web Summit in Dublin and then came to North America with Collision and is also out in Asia. And Noel Toulon is here. Noel is from Galway and I'm always delighted to welcome anyone from Galway and hear the genius that comes out of that part of the country and have it shared with my listeners. Yeah, we're all geniuses, don't we? <laughs> but the only difference is, as someone said to me, I went to Eaton on the sock. You didn't quite get there. Right, you, yeah, you went to the beach. That certainly sounds evocative. <laughs> um, so you're at Collision and you're a yeah. speaker here and you're talking a change agent. Change agent, yeah, like so James Bond. Yeah, yeah, well, so a bit about your background and what led you to change agent and, and what, how did yeah. you get here? Yeah, so I, um, I'm from Galway, as you said, and uh, I did actually engineering in Galway. So I'm actually a, a qualified industrial engineer. Okay. But I never practiced. I was okay. actually, uh, I went straight into marketing. Uh, so I've I worked now, good God, 40 years in marketing uh, across the world. Right. Uh, in all sorts of different roles, in all sorts of different businesses, literally. Okay. And from consumer to business to tech, like a lot of the stuff we're doing here at Collision is, uh, is about technology and technology. Where technology and marketing meet, I would do a lot of work in that area. Okay. But then classic stuff like uh, consumer goods. I worked with Procter & Gamble. I worked with Diageo. Okay. I ran marketing for Bailey's for many years. Um, and I actually marketed the country, as in Ireland, as right. a tourism destination, which was a very and, big project. And given that that has been so successful, yeah. you can put that in your resume and say, I was there. Because yeah. it has been. Ireland, yeah. as it has marketed yeah. this. And even over here in Canada, the number of visitors we now see yeah. going to Ireland from here has... It's grown exponentially yeah. over the last number of years. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, is a, it is a classic success story yeah. of how to manage a destination, especially from a marketing point of view. I mean, it's one of the fastest growing destinations continuously for a decade. Um, and it's not just about the numbers of people. It's, it's really getting the right people, if you like, to the right place at the right time and right. making sure they're satisfied. And that's marketing. You know, if you do that right, um, they will come back for more. Correct. But one of the things that you said that struck me as fascinating because I think it's a reflection on the Irish education system. Mm as it was when you and I went yeah. through it. And that was while you trained as an engineer, you, you learned adaptability and you yeah. learned yeah. to, um, I won't quite say survive, but to read the signs. Yeah. And I think the Irish education system in some ways actually gave us that. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that the Irish education system, and, and you know, for perspective, in terms of third level, Ireland would now be, I think it's actually the most developed third level as in penetration of um, school going kids that go to third level university. I think it's the highest in Europe right now. Right. It's certainly up there in the top five in the world for instance and I think that's a phenomenon uh, confidence um, by the Irish people uh, a confident vote in education and its true worth. Uh, that's the first thing and the second thing then is I think the even in the 80s in the 70s, uh, that we were we were very ahead of ourselves, almost ahead of our thinking, um, ahead.
ahead of the times in terms of looking not just at the specialists but at the broad nature. So industrial engineering in 19, I think it was 75 when it was started. I mean, there was only uh, in our class there was I think 20 guys, uh, and they were they were the only or we were the only in industrial engineering practice or uh, academic institution in, I think in the country, and then Trinity added added some stuff. But the really interesting thing about it, it was very broad based engineering. So you learnt, you actually moved around faculties as well. So you went and I remember studying with monks sociology in, in an arts group. Uh, we did, uh, we worked even with uh, obviously the accountants, the engineers. We went to each faculty. Usually the class that we took was in the year below us. Okay. So we could manage quite a, quite a bit. Right. So we did all the classic engineering as I say. We yeah. did the, the commerce subjects. We did arts subjects. Yeah. We even did biology subjects uh, on ergonomics. Yeah. So the idea was to teach you a broad base of engineering right. and how to run systems. Yeah. So in 1980, when we were graduating, um, and that was a jobs uh, desert. I mean, it was a tough time in the 80s. We emigrated in India. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Everybody emigrated. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing was that class um, all got jobs yeah. before they. Every single one of them got jobs, and that was quite the exception. Now, Noel, when you even talk about third level, I would even bring it back to second level. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were being taught Latin, and people would say, what's the what's value that? in Latin? Yeah. But yet, the English language is very heavily dependent on Latin. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I would say I had no appreciation of history. I do now, and some of the yeah. grounding I got yeah. came from it. Yeah. So when I said that I think we were given a very powerful platform... Yeah, I think we were, yeah. That and allowed us to adapt in a, in a changing world. Yeah, and I also think other things beyond formal education, like the GAA, yeah. for instance, that, that sense of community and parish operating at that level is also quite unique in the world in terms of the scale that it goes to a local community and gives a sense of purpose to kids and they learn right. discipline, etc. And you can see the effect of that, not just in sport, but in life in general. Correct. And I now, think that's another different aspect of the idea. No, I don't know if you, you were a day boy, were you? I was a day boy. I was a boy. Yeah. So I got the benefit of... That's okay, we still talk to you. <laughs> but I yeah. got the benefit to see then of the musicals. Oh yeah, you would have been much more involved actually, extracurricular. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. like we had rugby training before in, before class in the mornings. Yeah. We didn't have hot water but we had rugby. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Are you the days. You survived. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as I say, it gave us a grounding and it yeah, also I gave us did, an yeah. appreciation that you had to kind of go through the hard times in order yeah. to come through to the good times. Yeah. And the other thing I think, and again, the Canadian audience will understand this, uh, emigration, you know, the fact yeah. that it was almost a default for your summer in third level that you went on a J-1 visa to America, which was much easier than getting to Canada at the time. Right. It's a little bit easier now, as I understand it. Yeah. But that idea that all of our class would leave in uh, whenever the, the, the semester broke up, uh, and we would all be heading to America generally, or maybe Germany or somewhere like that and you expected that and that some people saw that as you know kind of tough at the time others saw it as a bit of crack yeah. but overall I it think it really, yeah yeah I remember using my summer jobs every summer job I had including the American summer jobs as a critical part of my CV right. and you know and you and and people listened you know yeah. I interviewed 
quite a lot around the world actually uh, and I still today talk about summer jobs bizarrely after 40 years of experience using your summer jobs know. you know but it's because it's formative and it makes a difference and people Very. remember it and not only that that when you achieve success in your field and um, people will often take it that you're totally detached from what you started out like I remember yeah. I was a kitchen porter yeah. uh, going around the canteens in, in Dublin yeah. uh, being, I'd turn up in the morning and be told wow. you're, you're going there and go out and I got the job of cleaning the, the hoods over the ovens and things yeah. uh, or the, you know, talk I'm, about getting your hands dirty yeah, yeah. yeah but wow. it means then that when times get hard yeah you recognize that you have to find a solution. Yeah, absolutely. It's a so great formative stuff. So have I given a good platform to where what change engine is about? Yeah, 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 I suppose you have. I suppose you have. Um, so back to my career, I suppose, yeah, I uh, started in, in, with an engineering degree, but then immediately did something different. So yeah. I joined the great Procter & Gamble, which is still the biggest consumer goods advertiser in the world. And uh, it was like a finishing school, really, because I went straight from Galway to Geneva. Right. Um, and uh, so I worked with Procter & Gamble around the world. Uh, the Caribbean was my first business trip. You can imagine a guy from Galway uh, been told, can you, can you go to Barbados on Tuesday? It's your first, it's your first place of work. Do you have a passport? Yeah. Can you go to Barbados? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there was a bit of glamour there, but in fact, there was very little glamour. I know. I, in the first, I worked that whole Caribbean region, uh, which Canadians will know very well. And uh, I worked that whole region, and believe it or not, never got to the beach. I don't believe it. Uh, until the very last visit when I said, I did, this is just wrong. I just yeah. have to go to the beach. So I, yeah. I spent an afternoon uh, in off the beach there in actually near Bridgetown in Barbados. So I have to ask you, do you suffer, you know people talk about Irish guilt and they have a yeah. different meaning of it, but do you suffer from Irish guilt? Because I always found when I was on business trips, um, whether it was in Vegas or a lot of places, yeah. I couldn't in conscience go and play golf. I couldn't in God's conscience go really hang around the pool because I was there for work. Oh, because you were there for work. That yeah. guilt thing. I, I don't know if that's an Irish thing, but uh, I, cer I certainly... Yeah, I, rec I recognize... I actually don't think it's an Irish thing. I, I think it's more, you know, around... Especially in, in my kind of work, which is trying to understand the local habits of right. local people that, that's usually what it is you know and it starts with the taxi drive from the airport yeah. you know where you start to know how are things you know how's the weather how's the political system how's business stuff you learn an awful lot so when I'm traveling and moving I'm always working you know mm -hmm. so I, I see it that way but the idea of, of you know going and then going recreation only yeah that yeah I, I hear yeah, you yeah, that's I, a guilt thing with me yeah. As well. like I, I like find it like difficult. If I was here working on a booth at collision yeah. with a group of guys, I couldn't kind of in conscience head off to the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's a good healthy habit. Yeah. So anyway, I guess <laughs> in terms of uh, the marketing journey, so I started there and then I went to all sorts of different companies in different industries and worked in the booze business around the world for 12 years, including in Bailey's and across in, uh, in Greece, believe it or not. We made a big, Diageo at the time made a big acquisition. I ran the Metaxa brand around the world and that was interesting because 
because it was a different part of the world. It was Eastern Europe, Soviet Union, before before the wall came down. So we were doing big stuff all over, uh, even places like Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. You know, so that was really interesting pioneering stuff. Yeah, right. Then the really interesting one, I guess, the twist was uh, was I was headhunted by the government to to do this new thing called Tourism Brand Ireland, right. and that was quite the dream job to actually sell something yeah. is, is great fun around the world to sell your country I agree is yeah. probably the ultimate to me I agree uh, so we did a, a great project there and they the guys have continued now fall to Ireland and tourism Ireland, which in fact came out that that core idea of separating it out came out of that project okay um, and they have done they've taken it to the next level frankly the tourism Ireland work around the world and you see it here in Canada as well is literally world-class there are very few tourist boards in the world, probably four or five, that operate at that level of sophistication. Yeah. What they're doing with Game of Thrones and the, and the movie stuff, yeah. uh, Star Wars. And of course, the Wild Atlantic Way. The Wild Atlantic Way being a phenomenon. You know, such yeah. an interesting idea. There it is. Yeah. Why not tell people about it? You know? yeah, well, brand it. Exactly. Yeah, rather yeah. than just put signs up, tell people to do it, and then watch them come in yeah, and enjoy like, it. Rather than just say, well, we have these lovely country roads, brand yeah. it. Yeah. I think the challenge now on tourism and again people will understand it here is actually over tourism so there are certain yeah. hot spots in Ireland we know some of them in the west of Ireland and it's starting to become a problem I know as and I said I'm trying to book for 2020 there you go and, and yeah. we're in 2019 yeah uh, trying to get places because I west. want to make sure and I know Galway is the European city, uh, city of culture, culture that's right uh, which is also a good opportunity to yeah. let people know it is the European city of culture yeah. in 2020 yeah, exactly. which means from the 1st of January to the 31st of December there will be more going on than usual because yeah. there's usually a lot going on. There's a lot going on here. So I said to the guys in Galway, why are you so worried about this city of culture? Because everybody is, you know, I got, you should do this, you should do that. We are the European city of culture. You know, it's great anyway. But here's a chance to tell people exactly like you say, Austin. Yeah, yeah. But again, uh, so change agent, yeah, I get involved in, in transformational marketing projects, be they countries, um, shampoos, booze brands, or, or technology. And the technology stuff's really interesting now because it is kind of the golden age of marketing right. because now the technology is there to help anybody if you like tell their story so here we are sitting in a booth and you know chatting about Galway we have a tiny little device on the table yep. and we're you know potentially this is a recording but we could be live casting at, at zero cost around the world so it's as they say it's easy to broadcast it's just that little bit harder to be heard though and it is because when this goes out like I see my stats yeah and um, in a month, I'm seeing about 3,000 unique IPs from about 120 countries. Yeah, well, look at that. Imagine, yeah. So, I think technology has really leveled the playing field. But, uh, but there's also challenges because anybody can do that. So, that idea yes. that anybody can actually, with your own... In fact, you don't have to buy any device. It's in your hand, a supercomputer that's a broadcaster. That's the, the cost of actually taking high-quality photography is use your phone on yourself. Except we now come to your area of expertise which is anyone can do what you and I are doing now which is yeah. sit and chat and put it into an electronic device yeah. but I have to rely then on my marketing skills and recognize that how do I get myself up to the yeah. 3000 plus and how do I grow a listener exactly. base and that's the challenge, that's the challenge. as that's we the call challenge. it harder to easier to broadcast harder Hard to get heard because yeah I'm a yeah. tiny I'm a, I'm a minnow now I'm a minnow yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but again it's down to an again I would say a core Irish skill and also a Canadian skill the more I understand it as well is storytelling you know it's actually the ability to tell 
your story. I work with a lot of these tech breakthrough guys, and that's sometimes the big challenge isn't tech. It's actually the ability to explain the benefits of that tech to somebody so that they may be interested in buying it. Well, I was uh, conscious yesterday, and there was a thing when I was in the marketing side of my career at one stage, was I used to say, um, first of all, dare to be different. Dare to be different, yeah, I agree with yeah. Dare to be outrageous but not obnoxious. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And you see, and you have to, you know, you have to stand there. There's a lot of people who are afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's an awful lot of people at the other extreme who are just obnoxious. You yes. know what I mean, where you go too far. Correct, but yeah. like there's a guy, and I noticed them again this morning, and he's wearing a red suit here. Yeah, yeah. He stands out. He stands out. Yeah. And it's a. It's How do you get noticed wearing a red suit, walk across yeah, the beach? Yeah, he's from Cork. Yeah, it's the Cork red. <laughs> it's not. It's not Galway. Yeah, is he Raptors? Is Raptors red as well? No, he's not. He was just. He's one of the startups. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I know. No, I'm just saying in terms I, of red. No, I don't. I, I don't think so. Oh gosh, but, we're showing it now. Yeah, but you know, it's things like that. Yeah. There's, um, how do you reach inside yourself and say that in a room where you have thousands and thousands that you're actually going to be the yeah. one that people remember? Yeah. And well, actually, it's interesting because I think there is the idea of differential, you know, and stand out, etc. But as long as it's based on the authenticity of what yes, you're saying, I agree. And I think that's the key. If you get the authenticity first, yes, and then say, no, this is me. This is why I'm different. Then, then it's technical after that. Then it's Correct. easy, you know. Just let's get noticed now. Correct. Which and is then a separate when, thing. And then when they leave, you stand out you because see, you were get different. That you were yeah, different. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. That's where kind of, and that's really what that's you're trying what I to encourage yeah. is, yeah. yeah, yeah, that idea, and it's always, you know, there's a lot of breakthrough stuff happening right now, you know, y your business and media and journalism is, is it's tough now, right? yeah. it's really tough, there are horror stories every day uh, about the number of journalists out of work. So I know the Times exactly. is pulling just out of Ireland. Yeah, yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what the whole story there, I just read some of the headlines yeah. last night, but yeah. again, and it's happening everywhere, and it's, it's kind of Forcing people to really look at the whole, the whole basic issue of who do you trust? Correct, and and that is probably between privacy, trust, reputation, and openness. I mean, those are now the big issues, not just the big issues in marketing, but the big issue in marketing, technology, and society in general. Right. And I think as we go through the next few years. If we sort that out, if we get to a new level of, of real truth and trust again, you know, the world's going to be a lot better place. And Canada, being that we're in Canada, you know, in many ways is, is quite the example of pushing the boundaries here in terms of openness, inclusion, and, and it's fantastic to see that. Um, and that's the root. We see that even back in Ireland. You know, you know when you and I were in Galway, in the Galway County, in the in the middle 70s, if you saw somebody that wasn't white, yes. uh, you know, you'd be going, wow, there's there's the, the new guy in town for yeah, sure. Yeah. Now like it's beautifully the opposite. Well, in Dublin, um, if you saw some, if someone who was black, they were in the College of Surgeons. They were in the College of Surgeons. That was the assumption. That's right. And now the diversity is, in well, places I, like Galway... Well, uh, I noticed it, like, say, well, just even around that loan, yeah. uh, I, I was just blown away that yeah. it's, it's, they're becoming, it's so much more multicultural. Yeah. And, and it's fabulous. It is, yeah. And the New Irish, as we call them, and there's a lot of similarities to the way the Canadian nation welcomes immigrants, and the New Ireland, the way the New Ireland and it was behind, yeah. and it's made some big changes in yeah. inclusion, and it's not just immigration, it's it's all sorts of diversity. It's fabulous to see it, yeah. and you can see Ireland benefit from it as well, like cuisine. 
the cuisine of the west of Ireland has now moved up and probably you'll see you'll hear about I'm sure Ireland more and more is seen as a gastronomy center yes and a lot of that influence is actually ethnic influence it just didn't exist before yes so yes. there's real benefits to that sort of open um, inclusive systems and you can see it you can see it in Ireland you can see it in Canada and that's a great connection between the two no we should wrap up I know you're busy and you have time to we've got to go on I really appreciate the time okay. it's been great chatting yeah it's been good chatting yeah we'll keep it up we should right. see you again hopefully <laughs> okay. thank you thanks us